Sports are back, and it's time for you to save 40%. Now, don't miss the exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save at The Athletic. You'll get all access to The Athletic's exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Don't miss the exclusive in-depth coverage. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. So for me, you know, I, I must admit I'm, I'm not only interested in the NBA, obviously, but, you know, I kind of, you know what I'm interested in? Hockey. I know you think the brother ain't interested in hockey, but we got the Washington Capitals here in D.C. and they have a great chance to win a Stanley Cup. And I'm going to be interested to see how their two-city approach works with their playoffs. So don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to the athletic.com forward slash NBA show, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to the athletic.com forward slash NBA show for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. Welcome to the Athletic NBA show, Monday through Friday on the Athletic Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Hoops Adjacent. I am David Aldridge. Uh, Waz is off this week. Um, we wish him all the best and we'll have him back soon. Um, but I am going to get through this show with the help of some friends this week. Uh, some very good friends that I've known for a long time, each of them. Uh, and they have the advantage uh, or disadvantage, if you will, of being in the bubble. They are actually in Orlando, uh, all of them, for the restart of the NBA season on Thursday. So I wanted to talk to them about that and some other things going on in the association uh, in no particular order. I'm just going to start with my friend, Stephanie Reddy, who is just fantastic, as we all know. Uh, Stephanie has been, um, she's done everything in the game. Um, she's played it. She's coached it. She's broadcast it. She does everything. She's great. Um, she is now doing the warm up on NBA TV, Mondays, uh, Monday through Thursday, I think it is, and the bounce on Yahoo Sports. Um, she is the first woman to coach a men's pro sports team that won the 2002 G League Championship. She's fantastic. Love her. Gary Washburn, the national NBA writer for the Boston Globe uh, down in Orlando as well. G. Wash, thank you as always, man. Appreciate it. Last but not least, my buddy Mark Spears, from the undefeated at ESPN, uh, writes incredible pieces about uh, race and sports, uh, primarily NBA pieces. Uh, just a, a, a tremendous writer. Uh, Spears, what's up, man? You know, I make my own coffee in my room, David. Grind <laughs> my own beans and everything. So I, I, I need a little more Java. There you but go. I understand. I, but I y'all, it's, y'all, see, it's these West Coast people on East Coast time. See, you're a West Coaster now, Spears. You know, you yeah. used to be used to be an East Coast dude, but now you you've gone out to the Cali, and you, that's what you do now. So it's ten thirty in the morning, man. You should you should have gotten your workout in already. You should have done everything already. I, I walked to get my food. Is okay. that kind of workout? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, I wanted still to quarantine. You, uh, I'll say yes. That does count as a workout. Yeah, yes, yeah. Steph- Stephanie, you're still in quarantine. What is that like? It is as good as it can be expected. It's not great. Um, I don't want to complain because obviously we all know it's it's necessary, and I give 
a hundred percent of all the credit to Adam Silver, Michelle Roberts, Chris Paul, and the whole Players Association for doing this so well. Um, but it is very restrictive, and unfortunately for me, I my room is directly next door to the testing room. So my one time that I actually get to step outside, I don't even get to go for a walk. I literally take two steps. So I get no air, no sunlight, but um, I'm good because tomorrow I'm out of here. So, I mean, so what do you have to do to get out of there? You've done, was it seven days? Yes, seven days of daily testing, daily uh, health monitoring. And, and Mark and Gary know about this because they, they're on the other side of this. Um, you have to get on your phone, answer a health questionnaire, and also via Bluetooth, they measure your temperature and your uh, pulse oximeter reading every day. So they're very thorough, which I appreciate greatly. Um, it's just, you know, it's a little, it's cumbersome while you're in it. Right. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. It's one of the reasons I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger. I respect the fact that you all made the commitment to doing that. Well, why did you do it? I'm curious. Let's, I'll just open it up to all three of you. Um, you know, why was it important for you to actually be in the bubble this time, this year? First, I wanted to tell you thank you for everything you've done for me. Uh, In the 90s, when I was in college, you know, watching uh, early in my career, watching NBA games, I I would literally stop every time David was on TV because I knew that there were going to be some news. I knew I was going to learn something. I saw somebody that looked like me on TV sounding amazing, brilliant. Um, and so when I first saw David Aldridge at NABJ, it was like, you know, seeing a goat. And I, I, I've appreciated him from the moment that I've met him. He's always looked out for me, even though he hasn't needed to. Um, and he uh, is a big reason why I'm here at the Undefeated. He actually told my boss, Kevin Merida, at the All-Star Game weekend in Toronto when he was looking for an NBA writer. He pointed at me at a, a media availability and said, that's the guy you want. I just want to say thank you. Thank you to all the other NABJ black journalists who, in the sports task force, who paved the way for all of us here. Because we, we certainly wouldn't be here without you. Our, 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 the way we do our job would have been so much harder without you. And I know you guys took a lot of bullets for us. And, uh, so I, I just, before I say anything, man, I gotta, I gotta give you your respect and I love you. And, and I thank you for that. I appreciate that Spears, but you got you the job. I just, I just introduced you to somebody. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So what was the question? <laughs> why did you think it was important to be down in Orlando in the bubble? Um, it's history. Also because of the social justice stuff, and the importance of it and the fact that that's what I write about for, you know, ESPN's Undefeated. I mean, that's my job to document it in, for the NBA. So I felt like it was paramount for me to be here if, if I was chosen, which I was. Also, I feel like we're in the safest place, perhaps on Earth, at least I know in the United States. As, you know, Stephanie said, we're getting tested every day. They're not playing with us and they're not playing with the players. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're not taking your thermometer in the morning, if you're not getting your oxygen test put down, if you're not getting, you know, um, your COVID test, you're not you're not doing anything. You're, you're uh, somebody told me the team personnel that they didn't pass their oxygen test and they had to stay in the room until they did. So they are taking things extremely serious. 
And when I came here, the first couple of days, everybody was like, man, be careful, be careful. I'm like, no, y'all be careful. Right. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm in a healthy environment where people are wearing masks, where people are getting tested daily. I got friends who get tested and don't get the results to 18 days later, and I'm getting the results in the email the next day. So to me, it's, shoot, thank you for allowing me to be here and, you know, perhaps help aid my life. I got to kind of attest to Mark said in terms of the history aspect of it. Um, this is, we're never going to do this again. I mean, I, you know, or, or then again, we might do this again next season. <laughs> right. You know, my company, the Boston Globe was like interested in sending me after they found out the price. I thought that they'd be laughing me out of the office with, uh, when they said uh, how much well, I told them how much it was going to cost. But when they showed interest in sending me, I felt like almost an obligation just to cover this, kind of historic event. The end, This is where the NBA is. This is where the professional sports world is at this point. Just to be honest, I didn't think that I was going to be here um, because as Mark kind of alluded to, you know, you have to get chosen to be here. So I am fortunate enough to be working with one of the uh, network partners in Turner Sports, but they have to decide who comes and they have to decide for how long and when. So I just, frankly, when I was discussing this whole bubble situation with my family, I had no intention on coming because I just didn't think that I would be selected. Um, so when the call came, it, it really took my husband and I, Perry and I, we spent two full days actually discussing the ramifications of what that would mean for our family and for my health, which then in turn means for the health of our family. You know, we've got two children they're nine and 11 and they're home now, obviously, because they can't go anywhere. Um, so that was a, a serious consideration. You know, we're, we were flying into the state of Florida, which has turned into the epicenter for this global pandemic of the whole world. Um, so that was a, a huge concern of ours. We knew that once I was inside the bubble, I would be fine. The trick was, how do you get to the bubble? So, right. <laughs> so we, we, we really analyzed it and we, we tried to figure out where the vulnerable vulnerable spots were and try to solve as many problems as we could on the front end. But I'll tell you, as a reporter, my spidey senses were tingling because this is history. Yeah. You know, this is a moment that, you know, hopefully we will never have to duplicate. You're right, Gary. It's likely that we may have to do something similar when we start the next season, but we don't know what's going to happen. So I didn't really want to miss it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be in the middle of it. And, and all of the, the minutiae that we have to go through to make it safe is really what intrigues me the most. I will be honest. I am so obsessed with the protocols and the regimen and all of the strategies. And I think that that at this point, because we haven't started real games yet, to me, that side is way more interesting than the scrimmages that we've been watching the last couple of days. Right, right. Uh, we are also, I am happy to say, now joined by uh, my buddy Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes is senior uh, NBA insider for Yahoo Sports, TNT sideline reporter. I am familiar with that job and the host of the Post It Up with Chris Haynes podcast. Haynes, what's up, man? DA, man. It's a pleasure to be on, man. It always sounds like uh, the quiet storm with Chris, with Chris Haynes, doesn't it? <laughs> it's always... <laughs> Like you on 7, 7 to 10 p.m. every night on uh, WPGC here in D.C. or something like that, you know. Um, Haynes, um, why did you think it was important to be down there in the bubble this year? You know, for, for a lot of reasons of what, you know, what my colleague said here, um, I actually got 
I actually got word probably about two days before I actually had to leave. Um, Turner Turner um, called me and asked if I would go down there early. I believe they called me like on a Wednesday. Right. And, um, I think I had to give them a word by Friday or something like that. Um, so I had to – well, no, excuse me. I think they told me Friday, and I had to leave by Monday morning right. or Sunday night. And so I didn't have much. So it's like, damn, like I, I had the, the mindset, the intention of, you know, going – going coming down here for Yahoo with the, you know, just with everybody else. Yeah. So then it goes from, all right, now I'm packing for close to four months in two days at the same time, I got to convince the wife and convince the kids and that, you know, this is what I need to be. This is what I need to be doing. And luckily for me, like they all agree that, uh, I should be there and I wanted to be here for the historical purposes and where we're at, where we're at in society right now with the social climate. Um, and then just this bubble, like, like Gary said, this is something that probably won't ever happen again. And so I felt it was necessary to be here. But at the same time, like, be honest, man, this shit was hard for me because my my oldest daughter is going off to college. She's right. going to Park Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to miss her going off. But thankfully, a couple of days ago, I mean, she's not that proud, but Clark announced that they're suspending school um, for the first semester. It'll be online classes, but they're suspending school. So the earliest as of right now, school will start back is in January or February. So at least I'll be out. And yeah. get this girl off. But you know, I got I got a, a nine year old, eleven year old, and they're they're daddy's girls. Like those are my my babies, and they keep asking me, "Are you coming back tomorrow?" You know, they really don't understand, understand the timing aspect. Yeah, this this is three months, baby. This, I'm not I'm not anywhere close to getting home. So that's been tough for me. But you know, just being here, you know, I was here before the players were here, so I kind of seen how things have changed over time on a day-to-day basis and you know i feel like i was used as one of the guinea pigs to kind of get the right protocols and barriers in place before before everybody got here so uh it, it's been cool it, it hasn't been all hunky dory but it's, it's been all right let's bring da into the conversation here welcome to the comma is on the athletic podcast i turned it on and i heard shack with the barbs like the most in his braggadocio, I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than shit. David, David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing him. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he yes. kept their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in there. So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship monies and can't pay for the charters for the water polo <laughs> in Iowa. Hoops Iowa. Jason. Welcome to Hoops Five, Jason. Five, four. I wanted to, to get into the kind of logistics of, of being down there. You know, I've been to Disney World many times, so I understand kind of the layout of the land. Nothing is especially close to anything else. Um, the, the difference is that normally you have a car, right? You can just drive to wherever you're going and you can be there in five or 10 minutes. How do you, how do you get around on a daily basis? Because you have to get to multiple team practices and multiple arenas, uh, every day to, uh, be able to do your job. So, so what's that like? And, and, uh, let's start with, with Gary on that. What, what is it like kind of getting around every day? you have to really be into a routine. Like this is a routine. People ask, well, what's it like down there? Like, you know, 
it's the weather's hot and it's it's Disney and you can see the scenery, but you have to develop a routine. You have to get up in the morning, like Stephanie said, take your temperature and oxygen saturation. You can't get into anywhere without that. If that if, and they give you this little band here that you put on, you don't take off a little Mickey logo, and they need to get on the rides. They ain't to, they ain't to do nothing fun. That's <laughs> to get you in the, into the arena because if that thing turns green. It means you haven't done your oxygen and they're not letting you in. So you can't get into a practice. You can't get into any facility unless that thing turns blue. Sorry, right. turns, turns green. If it turns blue, they they um, they get you. So it's a, just a developing a routine. It's learning the area where you can exercise, what the food, the buses. Like like there's buses that go everywhere. You have to you have to time yourself. Okay. If I want to go to this arena for a game and then this arena for a practice, what time do I leave? You just have, you spend the first week or so out of quarantine um, developing a routine and figuring out what where you need to be because, it, I mean, it's just unprecedented, Dave. It's, it's sort of like summer league, but you got the big guys here. So every all 22 teams are here. All of them are available. All their, You can go to any practice you want. Any scrimmage you want, you just have to let the league know. So it's just a, it's kind of overwhelming in a sense, but you just have to develop a routine of getting around. But you're on a lot of buses. It reminds me of covering the Olympics a few mm. years ago in Rio, where right. everywhere you went was a bus, right? And, and it was an you know, hour, yeah. <laughs> and um, and so that's what um, it, it just it's. And I'm not a routine guy. Like, like I'm not the more spoken organized brother in the world so it is it's definitely teaching me how to try to be more organized and, and, and more together especially taking your temperature i mean you can't leave basically leave your room without doing that do you have a car service or, or are you also taking the buses everywhere no i don't look i don't get those perks around here now da <laughs> I, I i love it's funny so when i you know when i first started doing it first of all d i gotta i gotta commend you and you know, you're a Hall of Famer and what you've done and the path that you've laid for us, you know, you just set the culture and you set the standard for how to do this job as a brother and do it with professionalism to the highest degree. So I want to, man, I just want to give you your flowers, man, right now, because I wouldn't be doing this sideline gig if I didn't watch you do it. Oh, uh, I appreciate that. You, you, I appreciate you know, that. Chris, so I appreciate I wanna, that very I, much. I wanna, Thank you. I want to say that. Uh, but with that being said, you know, I did a I did a few of the I think I did a Laker and Clipper game this you know during the regular season uh, for right. the right. TNT and we stay at I forgot that hotel you probably remember the hotel it's the hotel in LA damn it's 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 not too far away from the Staples Center but I'm just speaking on the fact that they would have a car service like pick us up from that hotel and I can't, damn, I wish I could remember the hotel but um. It's about you know four block four block walk, right? And so right. anyway, Chris Weber, Marv Albert, you know yeah. they they they're getting in that getting on that bus, and I understand they high profile. They probably mm-hmm. can't walk uh, walk down the Staples Center, but shoot, I was walking, da. <laughs> but it, it was just cool just to have that element, just to have that perk. Or, you know, you can yeah. get a ride to the game or not. But I, I say that to say this: there's no rides here. I'm on the shuttle. <laughs> you know, they don't they don't have any car service for <laughs> right. trouble. So I, I got I got to kind of figure out figure it out from that standpoint. I think the key is like you you got to really pay attention to the schedule, and it's a little overwhelming with twenty two teams practicing, playing, shoot arounds. 
Um, and then, and then there's a couple times where it's, I've like really wanted to go to a practice and then it, it's canceled. Right. Um, so we have to actually email in every day, like where we want to go, what we want to do. And when the games come, um, there's not going to be much changing. Like the DA, there's only a certain amount of seats yeah. available in each of the three venues. And keep in mind, they like practicing in uh, like four different places right. too. Um, so we have to email sometimes two days before what we plan on doing, where we want to go, lock that in. And once those seats are gone and, you know, the Lakers are extremely popular, they're gone. And so you try to be judicious and pick and choose um, where you need to be. But like, I, I really wanted to to follow up on something at King's practice today and it was canceled. But that being said, I've never had an opportunity where in one city I could <laughs> interview guys from 22 teams. Right. I mean, right. It's like a, actually kind of like a journalist dream. Right. The real and guys. Right? I choose, mean, no disrespect yeah. to summer league, but the real yeah, guys. <laughs> these are the, like 22 top teams. And you could actually get, if you play your cards, right. Nice one-on-one -on -one time with, with big time people. So, um, I think for us, it's it's kind of like a smorgasbord. If if you play it right, uh, in terms of uh, getting players, now games a different story because they don't have showers. Right. And I think the uh, I would call out some of the NBA PR guys, people. Uh, I, I could tell the little game they're playing. They like try to get us to huddle in this room when they do the the Zoom interview for the coach and the two selected players. And as soon as we go get in there, I think the players are running to the bus. <laughs> the other players so they don't have to talk to us so right <laughs> i think in terms of the game getting interviews is going to be a lot more tricky than the greater availability there is at practice DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars if you haven't tried it yet fantasy baseball is easy to play just pick 10 players stay under the salary cap and pile up the points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action this for this weekend's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I, just, I wanted to... Uh ask uh, Steph and, and, and the rest of, uh, of the guys, um, um, what is it that when the games start on Thursday, what are some of the storylines or the, the players or the teams that you're really going to be interested in, in looking at and following and doing, doing your reports on? I am really excited about that race for the eighth position in the West. Right. There's three teams right now that, are right there within that range that would require a play-in game when these seeding games are over. And I think that Portland is primed and ready because now they're healthy. 
Right. You know, people are really underestimating them. Maybe it was because of the comments that Damian Lillard made prior to entering the bubble. I don't know, you know, about how he was kind of lukewarm about it. Yeah. Yeah. We all know Dame, CJ, Mello, those guys are as competitive as anybody. And if they see they have a chance, a shot at it, even if it's a small one, they're going to go all in. So I'm excited to see the Trailblazers go after it. I think that if they get hot and going, they're not going to want to be seen in that first round of the playoffs. Right. The eight seeding games are just the right amount of time to get hot and build momentum going into the playoffs. And they're an experienced team. They've got a lot of weapons now, and they're healthy with Nurkic and Collins back. And they've actually looked good. I know there have been scrimmages, but they've looked good considering how long they were out. So that's one of the highlights I'm looking forward to. And, of course, you know, the whole NBA petty storylines that we all love, the Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren matchup that never came to fruition on the March 14th date that Jimmy Butler circled on his social media calendar. Right, 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 um, right. <laughs> up and coming now, they play twice in the seeding games. And if the playoffs started now, they would be matched up in the first round. So I'm eager to see that too. Right. Haynes, you know, you know Dame very well. What what do you think? He's where's his mindset right now? Nah, he he's on a mission. Um, Steph kind of took my thunder right there. You know, he he was on a mission. Nah, he, I was um, I'm the one that did that interview with him. That you know when he said <clears throat> how he didn't want to be here, right? If, if they didn't have a chance to compete for you know a playoff spot, look, he's been like he really didn't take too much time off. Um, during that hiatus, like he, he was lifting weights, he was boxing, um, you know, getting some shots up and, you know, they, they really do feel like they have a shot. Like if they can get into the playoffs, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know everybody is talking about, like, they want to see Lakers Pelicans in the first round. And I get that. Like, I get the matchups. I get the, the player profiles of Zion and LeBron, AD and just the Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. I get the storylines. But I'm talking strictly basketball standpoint. Like, yeah. I think Portland has the chance to take the Lakers to the distance. And obviously, I, I favor the Lakers. But if Portland could somehow get past – and just check this out. They're healthy somewhat. You know, Trevor Reza is not here. Right. You know, Rodney Hood is injured. You know, just think if they had Trevor Reza, especially in a matchup with the Lakers. So, you know, they're prime. They're ready. I, I do think. If they are able to get past the Lakers in the first round, man, they'll be a scary team. But just DA, this this playoff, this the way this is structured, to me is similar to that '99 lockout season where you can have any team that kind of just make a run and, and shoot out to the finals, like the New York Knicks did that year. Yeah, this situation has potential for a Cinderella team to go to distance, whether that's Portland, whether that's OKC, whether that's um, the Houston Rockets with their two stars. So I I, I expect to see some surprises. I don't know if there'll be surprises that it get all the way to the finals, but I think we can have a few upsets for sure. Spears, what, um, you know, you've, you've been around a lot of these teams, uh, for a while now. Is, is there a team that you think has a, has a chance to be kind of that dark horse to kind of pull an upset or, or is it going to be more chalk? Do you think? Oh, first to answer to actually the first part of your question, I, I am very excited about seeing, uh, uh, the social justice movement in the games yeah. uh, in terms of the jerseys, uh, the, the messages on the jerseys, seeing the guys run across Black Lives Matter, which is on the court during a regular season game, seeing what they have on their shoes, headbands, 
if there is some kind of action, like I would love to see a, a, a player dunk and yell out Breonna Taylor or George right, Floyd right. after they dunk or something like that. Um, I, I think there are going to be some actions over this weekend that are going to be memorable. I, I don't know if they're 1968 memorable right. <laughs> uh, from the Olympics, memorable um, John Carlos, Tommy Smith, but I think we are going to see some lasting moments uh, here uh, in terms of the basketball part, I think people are sleeping on the Raptors, even though they are the champs, even though they have the second best record in the East. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they advanced back to the to the finals. Um, they had the second best record in the East before the pandemic right. with an injury riddled team, and so now they're very, very healthy. They're very they got a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they don't feel like they're respected, and so I think they're they're a problem. The team that I think is going to be that pesky team, where people are like, man, <laughs> it's Chris Paul and the Thunder, right? Like nobody's paying attention to him, nobody's talking to him. Chris Paul made a point the other day to tell me, remember when you guys said we had a zero point two chance to make it to the playoffs? <laughs> uh, look where we are now, and right. so. I just think when you see the roster of Chris Paul and the Miracles, you're like, eh, these guys can't do nothing. But you got like four guys averaging over like 20, uh, 17 a game, great team defense, great camaraderie. And there they could perhaps be, and they get it. They're, they're here to play. They're not complaining about anything. Uh, I think that if a team underestimates them, yeah, that could be an issue. And then on the flip side, I'm keeping an eye on the Rockets because I, you know, you hear that they're just going to take these eight games as a just kind of a warm up thing to get ready. But you know, Dallas is ready too, and if if Houston doesn't take these seven games seriously, they could potentially drop to seventh and play the the, the Clippers in the first round, which would be extremely crazy to see that happen. Right. Gary, I know you. You know you, the, you do the national now, but you obviously have a very good familiarity with the Celtics, and I wanted to ask about them specifically. Um, I've heard a lot of you know really <laughs> strong things about Jason Tatum and just how incredible he's he's looked. I'm not as much on the like Boston can make a title on bandwagon as a lot of people that I've heard, and I think Tatum's a great player, and I think he's had a great season. I don't think they have the like the um, they have to get the medal. And what I've seen from the scrimmage games here is there are some there are talkative, confident teams out here. The one thing about not having fans, DA, is you can hear everything. Okay. <laughs> and you can hear the you can hear the teams that are confident and know we're gonna go out every night and kick butt. Like this is we're here. Toronto's like that. Milwaukee's got that swagger. Even OKC has that swagger. The good teams, the Lakers have that swagger. Like the Celtics don't have that yet. No. And that they have to somehow get it. And when you the, the two heads of your snake are Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two years ago they led to the East game seven, but it was so unprecedented. It was a shock. They were just kind of playing over their heads. Now they're focused. Tatum's seeing doubles each time he gets the ball. Brown is a focus. Kimba Walker has to be healthy and play well, and so does Gordon Hayward. If all that happens, they are healthy, they play good defense, they don't lose, they have a they have a bad habit of losing focus in games and blowing leads. They blew a lead to OKC just before the break. 
Um, they lost to Houston, where they had, you know, like they they have dropped games they should have won. If they get if they've sh- shaken all that off, they can make a run. I think they'll be a fascinating team to watch, and we'll see exactly how this goes. They start right off with Milwaukee. Um, Mark kind of took the team I was looking at. I saw Oklahoma City in their first scrimmage. I would not want to play them. Like just they are Chris Paul. Danilo Gallinari and a bunch of young dudes mm-hmm. who are like hungry. And, Ar- right. and Steven Adams, who's like Debo in the paint. I mean, he just be pushing cats. I mean, right. you can see what he does. Like, you know, now, David, our seats are where they used to be in the 90s, right? Right, 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 right. So we get the perspective. And with no fans, we get a perspective that's quite honestly just wonderful. We hear the grunts and the dudes getting pushed in the back and the Thunder team is dangerous. A team I'm also looking for something out of is Miami. Um, they can't lose in the first round this year. And they, if they get, they could probably get Philadelphia or Indiana. I think everybody wants to play Indiana now since they might not even have Oladipo or Sabonis. But Miami's a team I'm thinking like, okay, no excuses here. You got Butler, you got Adebayo, Jake Crowder's coming in. You got shooting with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. You got Goran Dragic running the show. Can you, like, you got yeah, like you've got a full team here. No mm-hmm. excuses for the Heat now. And you're playing close to home. I mean, you're they didn't have to make no long trip, uh, you know, although they're still in the bubble. So I'm looking at Miami as a team that – I wanted to, to pivot to something that Mark talked about, which was the social justice thing, because that's I just wrote a huge story about that this morning in The Athletic. I just, I just think it's – you know, I, I, I'm concerned, frankly, about um, not so much the players putting the message out, but the people listening at home, watching these games and absorbing that message. Um, and and I wonder what you all think. And this is for, you know, anybody can jump in at any time. I'm going to open it up to everybody. Um, what's your confidence level that once these games start and you start thinking about playoff seating and you start thinking about the teams that have a chance to really compete for a championship? You know, are people going to listen? Are people going to still listen? You know, when when guys talk about Breonna Taylor and and make sure that that you know that the cops haven't been arrested yet, and talk about George Floyd and talk about the you know the police reform and all of the other things that they want people to pay attention to. Will people pay attention to it, or will they just say literally, "Shut up and dribble"? Well, I'll say this, DA, uh, Mrs. Spears. Um, I don't think they have a choice. Yeah. Like, if you're going to watch a game, you'll see Black Lives Matter on the court. You're going to see uh, different social justice messages on the back. There's going to uh, be probably kneeling. Uh, I've been told the NBA is going to do something special before all of the first games. Um, there's going to be PSAs during the game. It, it To me, like when I saw the BET Awards, it kind of gave me a, a vision of you know, what it could be like because mm-hmm. there were PSAs. There were also like commercials. Like I'm curious to see some of the commercials when it comes out. Is LeBron going to have a, a Nike commercial? Is, right, you right. know, somebody going to have that that has a social justice feel to it? I, I think some of that's coming. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's all these things that are ready to be unleashed. And if you're going to watch a game, you're going to get something. And like during the BET Awards, I, I, I know I didn't, you didn't expect to hear Megan the Stallion in this thing, <laughs> but when she performed, 
in the middle of a performance, you saw a Black Lives Matter sign. Yeah. Just in the background, um, there, there were other symbols in her performance that she didn't talk about. She didn't, she didn't even talk about social justice in her songs, but you saw symbols. So I think there'll be a lot of stuff that will be in your face, a lot of stuff that you just happen to see. And I'm, I'm curious. My, my biggest, I think, concern is not that the voices will be heard. And I think media is starting to ask more questions about it. This first weekend, I think it's going to be loud. But where will it be in mid-August? Where will it be in mid-September? Where right. will it be in October? Will the media still be atten- paying attention then? Will the players still be talking about it then? I, I do hear that the players do have a con- are making a conscious effort to try to make sure that this isn't uh, opening night social justice movement, that this is a season-long justice movement. Mark, I think you hit it exactly right when you talked about the media. Um, I'm not going to be here through the finals, but I think it harkens back to the conversation about diversity and representation and being in the room. And I think when you look at who's covering the NBA, they're going to have a lot to say about what the people at home are fed in terms of messaging. Because the deeper we get into this thing, as you alluded to, people are going to be really focused on playoff, matchup, seedings, you know, who is going where and and how it's happening. The players, I think, they seem to be really committed to their messaging. So I think that that will stay consistent throughout the time that they're here through the finals. The key will be who is delivering the message to the people at home. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have a really good group of journalists here, no matter what their race is, I'll point that out, that seem to be also committed to delivering that message. I'll, I'll say this, and this, this is Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm just going to keep it real. There are people in the media who are tired of having their basketball questions turned over to a, a social justice or social issue answer. And the thing I have a problem with is, first of all, we're, we're not going to, we, we don't have no control over that. The players made it known before this this season we started that there was going to be heavy emphasis on making sure Black Lives Matter movement is still headed in a positive direction. They're going to try to uh, still uh, shout out Breonna Taylor's name, still shout out George Floyd and all the other victims who have died yeah. uh, justly. So some of these members, y'all just got to get over it. Uh, with that being said, there was also talks about possibly putting on another session for players who wanted to talk strictly about social issue, um, social issue concerns, which I think is bullshit because I'm like, first of all, these players are using the platform that they do have, right. the ability that they do have to talk to these issues. Yeah. Why are they going to acquiesce and give another slot? Because Basically, what well, the way I look at that is, I look at it as you're basically trying to tell these players to shut up and dribble, and then we'll give you a little session on the side to talk about your little social issue concerns. Mm-hmm. And DA, and we all been in this industry long enough to know that if we talk, if they if they talk basketball in their main availability, and then they do, we do open up a little session for them to talk social issues. What's going to get the biggest run in the paper? Or, yeah. or if there, or if there's a, a squeeze, a tight squeeze, what's going to get left out of the paper? 
than if there just happened to be a lot of content that day. It's going to be that little social issue session because mm-hmm. players are talking about that every single day. So I, I you know, I, I didn't like the way that shit came off. Uh, I spoke to some people, and, and I spoke to people that didn't have. They just didn't view it from that standpoint. You know, they didn't view the optics. Yeah. Uh, but you know that that's that's part of why it's important to have so much diversity on anybody's staff, so you can talk it and 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 get other people's perspective and thoughts on the matter. Right. And so I, I didn't like that. But look, do I think these players are going to do this every single day? No. I mean, look, shit is slow over here. It's slow. Like these, it's just scrimmages going on. And so do I think in the middle of the season, tight game, overtime game, players are still going to ask answer questions with just social issue. I mean, social issues. No, I don't. But if they did, oh well, that's called freedom of speech. So I I have very little tolerance for for certain media members who who, who are complaining about this. Uh, because it's a bigger issue at state than just basketball. Right. Gary, what do you think about that, man? I mean, how, how did that, how do you kind of put those two things that seem in conflict to one another and get them kind of settled? I think that you just have to let them be who they are. I think a lot of players out here are really focused on the Breonna Taylor case and they're really reading up on it. And I think it's, I think I appreciate that. I think we have, I mean, most of these guys here are born in the 1990s. Their yeah. of racism is not ours. Right. They probably didn't go through some things and some did. I'm not denigrating anybody's experience, but they're they're looking in some of these cases. I mean, Chris Paul said something to me and Mark the other day about the death of John Lewis and how he didn't know enough about John Lewis until he passed away and how he has to tell his kids. And he's like, we got to give people flowers when they're still here. We have to honor these people. So I think the players are awake. And I think that's probably a lot of people's biggest fears. Right. That's why Kaepernick is not pl- no longer playing the NFL is because there was a fear that he was going to make his teammates wait. Awoke. And uh, so I think there's a there's a fear from some in the league that, OK, these guys know too much now. And I don't have a problem with that. They should look up. They should research. They should read more than Instagram and, and Twitter. They should do some research on what's happened in their history. But I do think they will focus on basketball. They're here to ball. They're ball players. I love my high student loan payment, said no one ever. Check if refinancing with Ernest could help you lower your monthly payments. Checking takes just two minutes. It's fast and easy. To start, you complete a few questions online. It only takes two minutes. Then you get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees. And the internet loves Ernest's customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. And now you can get $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with Ernest.com slash NBA show. Once again, you get $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at Ernest.com slash NBA show. It's not available in all states. So visit Ernest.com slash NBA show for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Ernest student loan refinance loans are made by Ernest Operations, LLC, NMLS, number 1204917, California Financing Law License Number, 6054788, San Francisco, California. Visit Ernest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. So I want to briefly talk about this as well. I mean, something that Chris brought up, and I think it's it's worth exploring, and that is kind of our journey as 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 
African-American reporters. I mean, there's still there's more black people covering the NBA than covering other sports. I was just at a Nats game the other day, and I'm not kidding. And I don't know there's not a lot of people covering baseball right now, but I went to the Nats second game. I was the only black person in the press box, the only person. Uh, there was a there was a Latino lady in the press box, but that we were it. Um, and it's 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 staggering that that could be the case in 2020, but it was. So um, we we you know none of us none of us are complaining. First of all, let's get that straight. You know we we're all fortunate that we are we have jobs and we're gainfully employed. There's 30 million people who aren't gainfully employed right now. Um, so it's not a matter of complaining, but there are realities that you have to deal with. And I just wonder. Um, you know, especially given that the social justice movement is so um, kind of prevalent amongst the players right now. How do you feel about kind of this moment as a reporter of color and how you kind of navigate in that world where you're, you have to be objective and fair and tell the story, but you also are obviously, as we all are, impacted by the things that we see on TV and, and, and all of these deaths and all this brutality that's going on and, and you have to you're a person too so how do we how do we kind of navigate in, in these waters right now when you talk about you being the only black person in the press box and, and one lat latina along with you you know i have looked around the nba over the last several years and when i am in media availabilities sometimes i'm the only woman there yeah and to me that's shocking like you said, it's 2020. How is that even possible still? Now, I will say we've made a lot of progress in the last, I'd say last two years, probably a lot. You see a lot more women covering this league. Um, you see a lot, I don't want to say a lot more minorities, but a lot more women. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been good. But for me, I have always from the very, very beginning and um, I would like to echo what Chris and Mark said about you, David, is how much you helped me and my career early, early, before I even got into broadcasting early. You were a champion for women being involved in the NBA. I remember when you wrote a story in the Philadelphia Inquirer about women who should be coaching, yep. and you put my name in that story. And yep. Mark Spears, you did the same thing when you were a writer in Denver you put my name in a story. And I think that that is a key component to how we all still report on this sport. You know, you hear people say things like lean in and woke and I should be an ally. That's great. Those are great buzzwords, but we have to actually walk the walk. And it's not just the messaging of the social injustices that we're experiencing right now. You know, this is a huge movement and I'm so grateful to be in the middle of it. But it's every single day. How can we tell the true story of what's happening in this league? And yes, of course, if it's a playoff game and it's down to the wire, you do want to talk about basketball. Obviously, that's why we all got in this business, because we have a passion for this sport. Yeah. But yeah, as you said, we're people. You know, I'm a mom. I've got two kids at home. And when I tell stories now, I tell it as if they are right in front of me listening to my words. Because it is important to tell the whole truth, to tell every side of the story, and to tell it as genuine and as accurate as possible without putting into my biases, but to have the audience at home yeah. develop their own opinion of what's happened based on the facts. Right. That's what I've always looked at it. Um, you know, and people always say, oh, you're such a role model for women. And, and I, listen, I am flattered and humbled by that sentiment. 
But I always shoot back, well, what about the little boys too? Yeah. I'm raising one of each. Right. And in their eyes, what I do for a living is normal. They don't think it's odd that a woman used to coach men or that a woman is talking about basketball for a living. That is their life. Yeah. And I think it's just as important for little boys to see things that women can do because that is what we're experiencing now. In this movement, you see it is all races. It is the younger generation, and it's because they were raised differently, seeing things differently. They don't put people in little boxes anymore, and I think that that's important. Yeah, you would hope that um, there may be a bond between us and the players that's even deeper than it it already is. I mean, I was there, the the LeBron comments, the 13-minute thing he went through after a game a couple days ago, uh, Malika Andrews and I were the only black people in the in the scrum and I think even on the zoom call and then uh when LeBron's talking about being a black man in America I'm the only black man there you know um and I can I'm nodding my head like yeah tell him LeBron you know like um, <laughs> right you know like um you know I would hope that that would create better relationships and bonds uh because we do share that in common. We do share kind of the like experiences and you and uh I don't know if this bubble will help foster some of those relationships. Uh but I do think there in in a sense this might be a, a a disconnect between the players and the reporters. They don't understand our journeys and some of them think that we're, I don't know, lucky we got there or we're all about, you know, Instagram and we're so happy to be around at pro athletes or, or Whatever. I don't think there's a conversation that happens to where they ask us, why do you do what you do? Where with our counterparts who are white, they might be like, you know, there's the, the high respect for the old crotchy beat writer. You know, mm-hmm. there's that there's that, oh, you've been around a long time. I, I, I respect you. Yeah. Does that happen with us? Does that happen with Mark, with Chris, with me, with Stephanie? Does that the people tap and go, that's the person you need to talk to? Because I think that happens with our counterparts who are white who have been around a while that like, you know, they're the person to talk to. That That's the person you need to know. They've been around. They've covered this team since before you were born. X, mm-hmm. Y, Z. Um, I'm not sure we get that type of respect. And I think there probably needs to be enhanced conversations between us as reporters and players about how we got to each you know, our experience. What, what I've liked about... Mm, this movement that's been going over the last couple of months is the, the emphasis we've had within our community, black community, to support our own. Um, you're seeing these hashtags of support black businesses. Um, you know, it's going on everywhere. Wherever city you're at, you know, there's a hashtag for your city um, highlighting the restaurants, the black owned businesses. And, you know, it's it, it, that. It's supposed to be like that. Not that we're trying to segregate ourselves and and just support our own, but you know, generally we we haven't done a great job of supporting our own. Now, I would like to see that extended even with coverage. And look, I'm not complaining. Like the interviews I get, the sit downs or whatever I get, I gotta grind for that. Like I gotta grind and hustle. There's a lot of shit that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know about mm-hmm. to try to get those interviews. Like the, the lengths, like the hoops and the hurdles you got to go through while others may just have it handed to them. And 
I would think that, you know, in this time, you know, because we, we've talked about, we've had these conversations, you know, with high-ranking officials, agents, or whatever. We've had yeah. these uh, conversations with them behind the scenes. And as a whole, I haven't seen it improve as a whole. Uh, for, for us, I'm talking about the body. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, when, when is that going to change? And so then we're looking at the climate we're in now, the bubble we're in now. There's a few people of color here that's here. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I, I have a problem. Look, man, if you hustle, get, get, get yours. Get yours, you hustle. But I, I just think to some of the PR folks, some of the publicists, like, it trips me out when a publicist, a makeup player, I, I, I'm not even going to say make, the player has his own right. Yeah. But they'll have a player do an interview with somebody who's probably white, but the interview will be like on social issue stuff. Like it'll be on mm-hmm. giving money to this black cause, to this. I'm like, you know, how, how does that work? Like, how does that fit? How does that resonate? Like, right. should that, should, wouldn't that story be better told by somebody who's probably experienced some of those things? Can, yeah. You know, somebody that can relate to those issues? Yeah. But again, I'm not complaining. I'm not knocking it. But I just think the shit is backwards a lot. And I just think we're overlooked a lot of times by our own people. And, and I think players a lot of times aren't aware of, of what was even going on. And, uh, you know, you just would think in this time, in this day, when we're talking about uplifting ourselves, uplifting our own, you, you would think that that would even extend to some of us, the few of us people of color who, who cover this league. I do want to get out on basketball. So just give it to me real straight. We'll start with you, Mark. Clippers versus Raptors. And I got the Clippers winning. Haynes, who you got? I recall D.A. Spears taking some heat from the Raptors not too long ago. So I, I, I can understand <laughs> why he, he has the Raptors in the finals. Uh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. You know, I waffle back and forth between the Lakers and Clippers. Hey, man, answer the question. Man. <laughs> we don't need no answer to the the champion. Answer the question. I'm going as of right now with the July the 20. You know, anything could change. But as of right now, I'm going to go with the Lakers and Bucks in the finals. And I, I go with the Lakers as of right now. Oh, easy answer. G-Wash. <laughs> G-Wash, who you got, man? Wow. I'm going to take – I like the Lakers. and There's just something special about that team, I think. I think LeBron is just on a mission. Um and out of the East is tough, but I'm gonna probably just take. I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna take the Raptors. I'm just gonna just. I'm just gonna. And I and I think the Lakers win. Okay, Steph, who you got? Normally, when you're this close to the playoffs starting, everybody knows who's gonna win, or at least a good idea. So I think that speaks a lot to what we're dealing with this season. Um, basically, I said that just so I could stall for some more time. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who is going to win it, but I think right now I'm gonna go with the Clippers over the Bucks. I just feel like um, it was hard between the Lakers and the Clippers, but I feel like the Clippers are, they've got the chip on the shoulder. They've got something to prove. You know, you have this alliance of the new and the old guards coming together, if you will. So, and you've got Doc Rivers. So I'm going with the Clippers. Well, I, I, I agree with you, Steph. I'm right now, I'm, I'm going to go Clippers and Bucks. I think the Clippers, especially with, with uh, you know, if, if Paul George's shoulder is healthy and if he says, if he's playing, I got to assume he's healthy. Um, you know, being back in Marcus Morris being there, I just think it's a, it's a you know, they're going to be very difficult to beat, I think, defensively. 
Uh, and I think the Bucks, even though I, I hear what everybody's saying about the Raptors and they're a very good team and they're very well coached. Um, you know, Milwaukee's very well coached and they were the best defensive team in the league this year. So I think that they will get to the finals and I have the Clippers winning the finals. So there you go. And so and they can <laughs> celebrate with some chicken wings. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Some some uh, pepper chicken wings, right? And lemon Barbecue pepper wings, right? Pepper, baby. There you go. Um, so look, and ho- I want to think- hopefully with and look, shout out to Isaiah Thomas. Hopefully with his amazing champagne, there whoever gets the ch- wins, the NBA will finally allow Isaiah Thomas's champagne to. It should be from a player, right? Sherulin, there you go. Give him a little shout out. Only champagne and don't mess your head up. There you go. Like let's give let's give Isaiah the chance, man. NBA. Okay, okay, that's a good way to end it. Good way to end it. And uh, and look, I can't thank you all enough, Chris Haynes, Gary Washburn, Mark Spears, Stephanie Reddy, um, four great reporters um, who are down in a bubble. Read their work, watch their work on TV. Um, They do it the right way, um, and I appreciate all the kind words you all had for me. The reason why I did this is because people like Ralph Wiley and Mike Wilbon cleared the way for me. We all have an obligation and it's not an obligation. It's something that, that I want to do. Right. So, um, we all try to pay it forward. So, Hey, 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 hey hold on, hold on. Hey, what you got, Spears? What you got? We, we need, and, and back me up on this as a thank you to the people on this panel. We need Dave to send us all a care package. We're going to send you our address, Dave. Okay. Maybe you could get us some chicken with the mambo sauce or something. You know, oh, get us all. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> what, Haynes, what do you need from D.C.? You want me to go to Ben's? I'll go to Ben's and, and hook you all up with the half smokes. I can get yeah. you that. Yeah, some greens, um, some go. collard greens. <laughs> okay. Some, um, some ribs, some, some um, pork chops. <laughs> Oh, just send us send us the items, and we can we can do all that stuff. You too. do it yourself. I just send it to your wholesale. There you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. We will be back next week with another hoops adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. Appreciate you always listening in. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Uh, we always appreciate the five stars. If it's less than five, as I always, say keep it to yourself. See you. Oh, man. <laughs> send us the pay. Send us the pay.